Hey there, everybody. Welcome. Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast. This is episode number 86. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. Uh, having a good time doing the transition into the warmer weather so far. Staying positive, you know, looking looking at things as the glass half full, not half empty. I look at that I'm thawing out now. So this is the second weekend of thawing out. Got to catch up on stuff, catching up with friends. So it's kind of kind of been nice, like the transition. Yeah, like we said last week, seeing the people you haven't seen since uh, November-ish. Yeah, there was uh, somebody posted an article by Snow.com, and it was uh, coping. It was called like coping with the with the loss of winter. Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty funny the way it was written. It was, it was uh, on the snow, right? Maybe on the snow. Yeah, uh, it was it was well written, and they had like a picture of like a chair with you know silhouette chair, and you know a, with a sunset in the background. It was pretty funny. Like, yeah, it was kind of comical, but they did say on there like you're gonna start seeing people that you haven't seen again, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty true. It's just the way it is. That's how we operate, you know. I'm like telling people, hey, you know, I'm around next weekend. They're like, oh wow, I you didn't are? Know. Yeah, really? I haven't seen you in forever. So thank you guys all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you could, go to your favorite podcasting app and rate us and subscribe. If you need instructions, check it out, skibumpodcast.com. You can reach out to us, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We are on Pinterest, and I think, Mario, you just posted something. Boom. So we're actually Pinteresting. A lot of the show uh, the show stuff is out there already. Show stuff, SoundCloud. Preemptive. It's out Sa- there. SoundCloud, we're out there, but that's old and not out- and it's outdated, <laughs> and eventually I'll put something up there, but I'm going to keep you guys guessing when I will. Boom. Um, but check it out if you can, soundcloud.com slash podcast. I just applied for uh, to get on one of the other podcasts, so... Um, uh, Alexa has uh, oh now she's turned on now she's turned on order flashlights <laughs> fifteen flashlights no Alexa stop <laughs> Alexa play ski bum high flute and ski bum podcast and she'll say oh you're ordering flashlights she's flashlights uh, but there's a the service that they have there <laughs> oh Alexa stop Alexa stop Alexa stop. All right. Um, So TuneIn is a service that's connected to uh, this Amazon thing. TuneIn? Yeah, uh, T-U-N-E-I-N. And I put in to register with them. So hopefully you can find us on there soon and just tell this machine thing to... Tell what's her name. Yeah, what's her name to uh, go out and find and play highfalutin ski bums for you. Look at that. See, we're making life as easy as possible for y'all. Because this is all I use now. I I don't even turn on a light. That's, yeah, it's you really sad. don't. It's yeah. pretty sad. You barely use your hands ever. <laughs> Alexa, order dinner. Oh, damn it. It actually turned her on. She's good. What's she going to order? Taco Bell? Alexa, stop. Alexa, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's time for a little... A little Opry Ski. Opry Today. Opry Today. Yum, little- yum. So it's uh it's already been we're in the middle of the week now. It's we feeling, are. feeling pretty uh pretty deep in the week already. Ready for our ski? Yes. Operate uh operate today. What do we have, Brian? So this is gonna play into our topic later today. Ooh. But today we are both partaking in 
The Alchemist's Focal Banger. Boom. Yes, Focal Banger is an American India pale ale, and it is made with citra and mosaic hops as well as British malts. So truly an abundance of hoppy goodness. It's just, uh, it's funny because now we're drinking this, like we're drinking all the Alchemist stuff a little more because it's a little easier to get. Like we know how to get it. I think it's because we're a lot more awesome. We're a lot more awesome. Right? So it's kind of, it's funny. We got people now. I used to, I used to bitch every week that, you know, fuck Hetty Topper because we can't get it. Now I'm like. Look at us. Easy. You know, we can get it. Pretty much Hetty Topper is like our PBR at this point. Yeah. It's like like our default. It's always in the fridge. Always in the fridge. Ready to go. Which is kind of weird. That's how some people do it. You have to embrace being awesome. That's that's right. You know, some people are like, oh, I don't want to be great. I want to be mediocre. I want to drink PBR all the time. No. You know, I want to ski at Shawnee. No, that's not acceptable. Got to be highfalutin. You have to aim for awesomeness. Aim for awesome. Aim for awesome. So write that, that on could the, be a t-shirt. Write that on a review. Aim, aim for, for awesome. awesome. That's that's a good t-shirt. Aim for awesome. I think we got to put that on our cards. Aim for awesome. That could be our tagline. Tagline. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's so tasty. Uh, if you like IPAs, uh, it's probably one of the best ones out there. It's a little bit lighter than uh, than Heady Topper, which is a double IPA, but it's really smooth, really flavorful. Uh, it's just delicious. It counterbalances the monster uh, juice orange drink that I'm having as well. I mean, the two go so well together, right? The Kinda citrus, one- the citrus from the. Uh, the monster juice and the citrus from the hops and the, and the focal banger. All, all the citrus. Oh, it's working together. Brings it's a whole theme, yeah. Oh, yeah. Works Delectable. well. Well, I was having coffee before, and the coffee actually works really well and kind of blowing out your, uh, any sort of sweetness in your mouth. Because I don't put any you know, sh- uh, sweetener or anything in there. So it's quite you know, a little bitter, and it kind of gets your palate reset to appreciate all the hoppy goodness. I like that. So if you're doing a beer tasting and you're, you're tasting like through a bunch of IPAs, is that something to have in between? Probably one of the better things, too. I know if you ever go to any, uh, any fancy cologne stores, like a, well, mm. like a Nordstrom, you go to the men's section, we have all the colognes. A lot of times, there was, I was there a couple of years ago, and I was just, I was there for probably like an hour just smelling different colognes. Wow. Because I'm a cologne kind of guy. <laughs> From Jersey, we use cologne. Hey, it smells good. Forget about you it. You got to pick up the broads. You got to smell good. Got your eye rock. You're ready to <laughs> open the windows so you don't knock yourself out with a cologne. Perhaps. <laughs> so what they do is they have little uh, like ramekins or cups full of coffee beans. So oh, you, you spray those. the cologne on, or you spray it on your like the little sampler. You 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 know you sniff <laughs> spray it. Spray it on the coffee beans. Spray the coffee beans. God, <laughs> these are so good. <laughs> then you spray it like the little tester thing. You smell it, and then you kind of chuck it, and then you grab the beans in the cup and you sniff it deep, and that kind of like resets your uh, your whole wow. factory system. Yeah, and I think for you know your taste buds, it works the same. Hmm. You know, as have long to try as you're not that. adding too many wacky sweeteners or, or anything. Let's like go that. With black coffee. Black coffee. Way to go. That's that's the way to go. I think uh, I'm going to have to try that next time I do a, a flight of beers at, at one of the tastings. Yeah, or a flight of colognes. Flight of colognes. Either or. <laughs> Smell your coffee. Smell your Starbucks in that's between. That's right. It works. All right, so part of uh, part of being in the uh, in Opre, we're looking at what else is uh, drinkable and what else goes along with drinking. Um, and Brian, you found this really cool thing. This was pretty cool, yeah. It's called the Hangover Drink. And what this magical beverage is, is a, uh, a concoction 
that you have to you're supposed to take uh, during or after a night of drinking to wake up ugh, wake up hangover free, hmm. and it all centers around so before you go to bed. In other words, right? Or while you're already or while drinking. You're drinking. Yeah, it centers around dihydromyricetin, which helps detoxify your body after a ton of booze. It hmm. comes in 100 milliliter glass bottles, is made using all natural ingredients, and has a shelf life of up to two years. We're going to have to order some of this and do some in-depth testing. This guy should sponsor us. Like we just like had uh, St. Patrick's Day, and I really could have used it because the next day I went to Vail. So... I was finishing yeah, flights and elevation and uh, dehydration are not a good. I went out from noon till I went to the airport, which was that night. Stayed over at the airport, stayed up till two in the morning, got on the flight to Vail at eight in the morning, and got there and it was magical. Yeah, I could have really used this. Let's put it that way. <laughs> that would certainly have helped. It would have helped. So what this uh, this. Uh, dihydromyricetin DHM does is that it it takes the alcohol and it somehow converts it to reduce cell damage and inflammation in the liver. Hmm. So it uh, speeds up the decompose of acetaldehyde to prevent its buildup. It is an enzyme that speeds up the breakdown of alcohol into acetic acid that gets flushed safely out of your body. I have very, like a very small chemistry background, as you may or may not have been able to tell. I cannot <laughs> pronounce anything here. But this sounds like a very intriguing product. It would be great to give it a little test drive. Yeah, I'm actually looking this up now. There's multiple ones that looks like different kinds. I'm, I'm not sure if it's a flavor. They have a wait list, and there's a private beta group. That it's has, a wait list? Mm-hmm. It's Damn. coming out in June. Damn. That's the plan. All right, so dihydromyricetin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a flavonoid component of herbal medicines, uh, which counteracted acute alcohol intoxication. And also uh, helps with withdrawal signs in rats, including tolerance. So if you're a rat, you know, it helps with your... Um, this guy's a fucking rat. <laughs> fucking rat. Don't look at me, you fucking rat. Uh, wow, it reduces... Uh, yeah, it helps with, I guess, the... Um, when you're coming off of, like, a substance abuse. Like, so I guess they, it seems like something that's used in getting people to quit... Um, or detox, so to speak, and interesting. Yeah. So what they also have, you know, they, they break down the ingredients in here. Uh, Havenia dulcis extract, that's the DHM, which is uh, the enzyme found in the Havina dulcis. Then they have vitamin C and B, which reverses the depletion of protective enzymes. Electrolytes, which keeps you hydrated. Prickly pear extract, which helps Ooh. to counter the effects of alcohol inflammation, and milk thistle, which contains silymarin and psilocybin, uh, antioxidants that are known to combat the free radicals produced when our body breaks down alcohol. All right, we just got on the wait list. Oh, we did? Cool. Just put ourselves on there. So hangover drink, folks. 
Hook us up. You know, prickly pear, um, you ever have a prickly pear margarita? They're really good. Maybe once or two. I think that sounds familiar. So I wonder if you can make a margarita with this. That'd be awesome. Like so you're like, having it while you're having the alcohol. It's perfect. So it kind of puts you back to zero, back to baseline. That's It's like having water. It's so facto, well, that's like water. It's like when you have like a vodka soda. You're kind of hydrating yourself as you're exactly. drinking. Yeah. Wow. You're not carboxylating yourself. Boom. <laughs> carboxylating. Carboxylation. I listened to the podcast from last week again. I was like, damn, we were carboxylating the shit out of that thing. We really were. <laughs> so this also right up your alley here again from uncrate uh while i was looking at the hangover drink they have this other product there it's called 40 ounce rosé wine now it's basically a 40 of rosé wine really very simple name um so the 40 ounce glass bottle isn't just for malt liquor anymore i like that that they're really they're owning it this is what it is and this is where we're at um so there is a legit organic winemaker in the Loire region of France. And Loire region is, they actually make really good rosés there. And it's more than just a gimmick. They're actually putting really decent wine in these 40-ounce um, uh, 40 <laughs> 40 40s. It's pretty, pretty wild. So uh, they say it's actually a good idea if you're going on a picnic or something because <laughs> it's a good size to put in a bag or it's something. It's got a screw cap. Got a screw cap. Obviously good for picnics. You don't need a, an opener. You just screw it open. And Look at that. So uh, I <laughs> that was pretty cool. But you know what? Having the screw cap is really, really convenient and helpful. And I will tell a tale. I think I may have talked about this on the podcast at some point. There's a time me and Andrea were in Park City a couple of years ago, and we just skied all day, and we were going back to the hotel, and we are going to the hot tub there. And all I wanted was a beer, but I didn't want to go out for a beer. I wanted to have it in my room or at the hot tub, actually. So I went to the little corner store, and I grabbed two bottles of beer, one for each of us. And it was one of those things you don't think about at the time, but I had no opener. Ah. And this was before I got the really groovy reef flip-flops that have the bottle opener in the bottom. But uh, I was I was trying to figure out how to open it. So we were, like, looking online, like, on YouTube, like, you know, ways to open a bottle. And I found one using a toenail clipper. Oh, nice. So you kind of open the toenail clipper and you, you, you clip the corner of the cap, and you grab it. So you squeeze down the clipper, and you twist and pull up. And huh. you kind of have to go around and you know, kind of go around it's and slowly, yeah. slowly open the bottle. Now, I wanted that beer so badly. I was rushing it so much. My entire knuckles, my fingers, knuckles, everything was nice. all cut up and bleeding. Boom. But that beer was so tasty. It hit the spot. You, you earned it. So it was worth it. Second bottle I did, a lot smoother, a lot easier. Took so, time a little after your hands bleeding. Yeah. You know, then I put into nice, you know, community hot tub, which always probably didn't cause any sort of infection. Oh, no. It's perfectly clean in there. Delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, there is something to the screw top. Very handy. Very convenient. Put your bleeding hand in the human Petri dish. What can go wrong? Delicious. <laughs> I mean, I have superpowers now. Exactly. Like the Foo Fighters video with the Everlong with the giant hand. It's like, uh, oh, it just swells up. Just gigantic. It's you. That's me. Whew. Really took, a, took that one on a ride. That's what we do. Speaking of taking on a ride, it's time to take a ride <laughs> in the gondola. Oh, yeah. It's it, going up. It's climbing right now. That's right. Did you put your skis in? Because we're in the gondola. I forgot my skis, man. Oh, man. We'll figure it out, though. It's going to be all right. 
All right, what do we got for the gondola? All right, so this is uh, Frank's Bean of the Week. We got a good one this week. This is the, are we saying Mark? Marquaha? Marquaha. Indica beverage. Ooh-wee. This is some crazy stuff. It's not a tincture. It's not. A, it's a beverage. It's a beverage. So this is coming from the source. This is coming from Frank. He's saying is a very tasty drink for a loopy evening and outs you to bed or puts you to bed in two hours into it. Perfect for an 8 p.m. snack on a weekday, but don't take too much or you'll wake up at 3 a.m. tripping balls. <laughs> well put. <laughs> now, I got to say, this brand, we had the tincture in mm-hmm. Vale, and one of our buddies, uh, who shall na- na- remain nameless, but I think you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> and um, he was taking this on the slopes before going out, after coming does back. Does his name rhyme with Larry? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> All right. And uh, he was pretty... He was pretty happy, I gotta I bet. say. Well, now, did he have the sativa one or the indica one? He had... that'll make a big difference. He had the sativa one. There you go. Yeah. That's why. So Frank has given us the indica one here. So that sounds pretty good. Relaxing. That sounds really good. Now, I guess these things come in uh, two-ounce, like two-ounce little flasks. They yeah. call it F-L-A-S capital Q. So it's a single dose... Probably almost like the goo you get, you know, when you're riding. Uh, That's what it looks like. Marathon or, or bike race or whatever. Like you, could, you could rip the top off kind of and just. Yeah, so it's an infused beverage and they have multiple flavors. Hmm. These look really groovy. So the uh, the indico one looks like it's a blueberry chamomile. Can you imagine having these and you like mistakenly put one in your bike back pocket instead of like your goo rip on that thing you just like you're out doing like a century or a hundred miles you're like 50 miles in and you you have that bad boy (laughs) it also you think you're like in et you're like oh it's like (laughs) flying up to you be dehydrated you have one of those you would be like you could either be like really good or really bad after that see that's i think why (laughs) like people like jeff sessions and stuff want to keep this illegal because they're afraid people are gonna you know, accidentally put this, like, mix up their kids, like, baby formula with this. You're or... not going to accidentally do it. You can do it to fuck around. Exactly. People aren't that stupid. You, you know, right. like... let's, let's see how, how it goes on a 60-mile ride. After 30 miles, let's take one of these. See how that other 30 miles goes. Or what would be so awesome is, like, in the NFL, like, just empty one, a couple of these packets into, like, the dude, like their Gatorade oh, cooler. Yeah. <laughs> People are just, like, freaking out in the field. That would be, like, the advanced rule. So, like, you go into playoffs, that's, like, playoff rule. Or... It could be the resurgence of the XFL. Boom. Bring back the XFL. Just put weed in everyone's drinks. No See drug what the hell happens. No drug testing at all. No drug testing at all. They're actually pro drugs. Like the old, um, was it Pride, the, uh, the MMA out in Japan? Oh, they actually it? had in the contracts, they will specifically not test for steroids. They're like, nice. just so you know, we will not test for steroids. Pretty all much right. them saying, please take steroids. You ever see the uh, old Saturday Night Live with the all-drug Olympics? With John Belushi is like his the, arms like rip off or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the powerlifter. His arms rip off. He's like yeah. He's like awesome. We need drugs. Drugs. They're a beautiful thing. All right. I then, just had caffeine. You know, I, that caffeine is a drug. Caffeine. I'm not going to jail for that. Caffeine's a hell of a drug. Ibuprofen. Boom. Aspirin. Alcohol. Alcohol. All drugs. All legal. Speaking of putting the meld between alcohol and cannabis, since yeah. we're in the gondola, but we just finished Opry, now this is like Opry Gondola. 
Aprangela. Aprangela. So um, there's a story that the wine industry is finding a, compa- a companion in a competitor named marijuana. Um, so they're saying it's a big business, and many states have legalized. So there were a lot of concerns, uh, some of them warranted in the states where you know, recreational use of marijuana has been legalized. Um, but they're actually saying that the liquor industry uh, opposed uh, legalization um, initiatives last year for fear of, the, of their bottom line. But the fine wine industry hasn't panicked. And despite the occasional efforts to pit wine and weed against each other, many of the wine businesses um, are now um, in acceptance that the two substances can coexist in harmony because you're going to have different experiences. You're going to have them for different reasons. And I think it's a, a good sign that the industries are kind of playing nice. Yeah, I liked a couple of the quotes in that article. This is, I mean, this is the New York Times this article came out from. And they said, you know, between cannabis and wine, you know, there's room in people's lives for both. You know, you want to probably take one at a certain time and one at another time. And they also had a, a cool quote talking about, you know, what brings consumers of cannabis together with lovers of wine, craft beer, and artisanal spirits is a sense of connoisseurship. Right. So, you know, if you're a connoisseur of, you know, we were always connoisseurs of, of you know, scotch and, and bourbons. And then we got into the craft beer scene, you know, and then starting to dabble in the wine scene and kind of dabble into the cannabis scene. So, you know, you can you can appreciate the, you know, high levels or, you know, really good, um, you know, examples of any of those things if you just appreciate one. Yeah, I mean, and you're going to get something different out of each one. So it's like the difference between, oh, I feel like having a nice craft beer one day or having a nice glass of wine another day, you know, or a bottle exactly. of wine. You, you know? can have all these different things. You don't have to just choose one and stick with it. Exactly. I was talking to this guy this weekend, and, like, all he drinks is Coors Light. That's it. Like, that's it. He was in Mexico. Old steady. Found a 7-Eleven, got a Coors Light. <laughs> like, that was just Coors Light. There's something to be said for having your regular steady, but it's nice to... to to expand. To be that dedicated, something so lame is not a good thing. You know? You gotta just you gotta step it up. Why have other stuff when you have the most magical thing that you have ever? It's like having that fridge full we had focal banger, heady topper, sip of sunshine, and this jackass is drinking PBR. It's got a case of PBR like just it's just it's pathetic. I was the guy that put the bud lights in there. Every once in a while. You got to melt the snow sometimes with something. That's, you that's know? right. If you don't have any of the, of the salt, just dump some Bud Light in there. Every once in a while. Got to have thing. a nice Bud Light. There's a time and a place for Bud Light. Well, sometimes. High school. No, no actually. <laughs> let's be a little more adult. Um, you can't always drink a, a, a heavy IPA. That's I'm, very true. I'm a huge IPA drinker. Mm-hmm. But you either get tired of it or you can't sit outside and go watch a football game and drink IPAs all day. No, it's ridiculous. True. You'll watch a quarter of the of the football game and fall asleep. That's true. And summertime, yeah, like when you're on the if you're on the beach or at the pool, like you want something a little lighter, a little more, you know, I, refreshing. I love how people are like, ew, how can you drink a Bud Light? I'm going to drink a Corona. I'm like, it's the same shit. That's probably worse. Or Corona. Stella. It's the same shit. It's yeah. by the same company. You know. Yeah. Whatever. To each his own. That's true. Let <laughs> people drink what they want to drink. I'm not going to judge. Actually, yes, I will. But you know, I understand. I respect. I understand what people are going to do. They're going to do their own thing. Hey, you don't have to put in your body. Exactly. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing as as Sessions trying to prevent you from doing something that somebody else wants to do. Good people don't smoke marijuana. Everybody knows that. 
Jeff Sessions has his, you know, 1952 Alabama education. He's a very smart man. All right, what else we got? We got a few more things in the gondola, too. We do. We have another thing. I like this one. This is actually, uh, Andrea sent this one to me, the, this company called Brew Buds. Brew Buds. And what they are, they are a premium coffee, tea, and cocoa delivered in a 100% compostable single brew pod. I'm sure all of you are familiar with uh, Keurig and their, you know, their K-cup technology. And these brew buds use that same K-cup system and allow you to, you know, create your own tea, coffee, cocoa that's cannabis-infused. Boom. Bring those to work. Right. All day. Why'd you have like 20 uh, coffees today? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty relaxed, though. I'm trying to find a way to enjoy this job, man. <laughs> so you ever seen the ones, there's like certain companies that, that do the K-Cups where the bottom part is not the pla- like the white plastic. It's sort of like a mesh the net. mesh, yeah. Yeah, and that's what they do here. But it's got, you know. I think it's uh, San Francisco. Yes, coffee company. Coffee company, and there's another one. They're really good. Um this isn't the Java Love, that one, is it? Java Love, yeah. That's, oh, what's, what brand is that? I yeah, love I that Java the one Love. that makes that. The Rainforest one, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, so this company, they're, uh, like I said, Brew Buds, B-R-E-W-B-U-D-Z. And they have their, their different. The Organic Coffee Company. Organic Coffee Company. Okay. Java Love. So they, uh, I'm trying to find if you can actually buy this now or it's still... Only in certain states. Yeah, well, it's definitely only in certain states, but I don't know if they actually have it. I was trying to buy a Taser the other day. I didn't realize they're not not allowed in Jersey. Jersey. I was like, damn it. I can't do anything in this stupid state. Crap. I was going to get one with a light, like a Taser light put on my bike in case anybody, like, wants to try to run me off the road, which I've heard stories. Just take out the Taser and boom, there you go. That's the settler. Fried pussycat. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so we'll have a link to uh, Brew Buds on our website, skibumpodcast.com. I like that. They have, they have different, um, they have caffeinated and decaffeinated versions of 10, 25, and 50 milligram sizes. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. That's going to take you to a pretty interesting place, right? That's going to take you, that's, talk about one cup of coffee in the morning. Holy shit. Yeah. Can you imagine a 50 milligram one? That's got to be for a whole pot. Now, I wonder if the, with the, caffeine be better or worse with the 50 milligrams i don't know would you be like extra jacked or would you have like the shakes and be maybe be a little paranoid like it, it could go a couple different ways yeah i guess, I guess it depends, depends how, your body, much, how much caffeine you're having and how your body reacts to that yeah because if i have like too many cups of coffee i start shaking and that's when i know to back down mm-hmm. i'm like all right i've had enough I can't have any more coffee right now. I've had nine, man. I got to stop drinking this coffee. I'm starting to shake right now. What's the beauty of it? You know, you drink coffee late and you have to counter with booze. Counter your way to sleep. You counter with this. Even better. The three o'clock is one of these. Better for your liver. That's right. And then we have one more story left here on the gondola. This is near and dear to your heart. This is pretty cool. So, you know, it is. We're recording this on 419. So that means tomorrow is 420, man. And it was announced just yesterday that the good folks at Tumbleweed out in Colorado have are opening the first drive-through pot shop. 
this is going to be located in Parachute, a small town in western Colorado. And it is the site of a former car wash. So cars can actually pull into the building. So it complies with the law stating that pot must be sold indoors. Hey, this is like in Florida. They got the drive-through. You drive your like car. The brew-throughs. Yeah, those yeah. are awesome. Just put the garage door, and you're driving through. Throw it in, man. Yeah. So the guy who was the the head of this of um of tumbleweed, Mark Smith, he uh, he was saying, you know, we didn't set out thinking this would be national news, but you know, we had this idea and he saw the right place and decided to make it happen it's a business solving a real life problem yeah i like it so now from 4 p.m to midnight thursday through sunday you can go through and uh get some weed the weed drive through it's not bad you don't want to spend time in in the store like getting stuff you want to just drive in drive out easy peasy right i like it it's good for your car not wasting you know like overusing the starter that's right you know it's a beautiful thing and it's quicker. Definitely. Zip, zip it, zip, zip. If they have some sort of app, too, like you can order, have it like ready for you when you pick it up. That would be nice. That'll be next year's 420. Got to have, uh, well, then they, they got to do probably your, you know, check your license and, and go through all the credential checks. If they could speed that up, too, that'd be kind of nice. Yeah, almost like the, uh, what is it, the next, the, the global entry? Yes. Like a, some sort of version of that for weed. Yeah, weed entry. Global weed entry. Ganja entry. Ganja entry. <laughs> ganja entry. Ganja Ganja check. I don't know. It's got to be something. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the gondola. And now... On 419. On 419. And now it's time for... Ski news is still going on. Ski news. Yeah. We're getting uh, deep into April and there's still plenty of ski news going on. So first up, do you know that there are still 38 ski areas in the U.S. that you can ski at? Damn. Believe the hype, friends. So the good folks at Snowbrains put together a list of all the resorts that are open, and uh, we'll blast through them real quick. And their anticipated closing dates, Timberline, Oregon, September 4th, Mammoth, 4th of July, Squaw Valley, they sing July or maybe all year. All year. A Basin, June. Killington, June. Wildcat, New Hampshire. Daily through 423. Um, we going to go back up and ski in Killington? What's that? You going to ski anymore in Killington? Mm, I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. Uh, Mount Rose, Nevada, 529. Mount Bachelor, Oregon, 528. Snowbird, 514. Sugarbush, or I'm sorry, Sugar Bowl, 57. Lutzen Mountain, 5-7, weekends only. Loveland, 5-7. Jay Peak, 5-7. Mount Hood, 5-6. Heavenly, 4-30. Winter Park, 4-30. Sugarbush, 4-30. Sugarloaf, 4-30. Purgatory, 4-30, weekends only. White Pass, weekends only, 4-30. Sunday River, 4-30, weekends only. Arizona Snowball, 4-30, weekends only. Donner Ski Ranch, California, 4-29, reopening, weekends only. Sierra at Tahoe, 423. North Star, 423. Soda Springs, 423. Boreal, 423. Bear Valley, 423. Diamond Peak, 423. Brighton Resort, 423. Crystal Mountain, 423. Alieska, 423. Hoodoo, 423. 
Breckenridge 423, Stowe 423, Aspen 423, Vale 423, Sun Valley 423, Stevens Pass 423, and Silver Mountain 423. Weekends only. So this seems like this weekend is going to be a big closing weekend for a lot of places. Yeah, there was an article recently where they were talking about closing parties. Now, a lot of, a lot of the resorts are throwing these big bashes on the mountains, so it should be a nice, fun weekend. Yeah, a lot of places are doing it. If you have good weather at one of them, it's, it would behoove you to get out there and, uh, and hit it one last time. Well, especially some of these places must be closing early because of the, the restriction on either on the land or workers or you know costs, because some of them are still going to have a lot of snow. I mean, Sierra, Tahoe, and uh, Heavenly, and all those, yeah, there's there's no need for any of them to close. But sometimes they reopen them on weekends for the for a longer period of time. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's logistics of getting workers there, and then also, like, any rights they have to land. So there's there's other stuff involved in just saying, hey, we got snow. But Yeah, I mean, it costs so much to keep a ski resort open. And, you know, infrastructure-wise, like I said, staffing. It takes takes a lot, so you can always hike up. You can always hike up. That is an option. Hike up and do it yourself. Yep. So speaking of uh, closings and openings and snow, uh, we actually you mentioned Sugar Bowl, California, and that's going to close on five seven. Now they're also closing in on eight hundred inches of snow for the season this year, which is absolutely staggering. So they're saying on April sixteenth, which is a few days ago. They measured 777 inches of total snow for this season. So um, Easter Sunday, they actually even had some fresh powder. So they said it's 277 inches above their seasonal average of 500 inches, which is just incredible. Um, But they also mentioned there's a bunch of other resorts. Uh, Mount Rose, uh, 757 inches Boreal, 738. North Star, 704. Squaw, 700. Um, so Squaw Valley is uh, 250 inches above average. So they're saying that that's as much snow as they've received in the past two winters combined. That is insane. So that just shows you like just some of the areas that are just getting dumped on, pounded on. Um, now, the article, uh, if you if you want to look at the link, there's some more information out there. Uh, it's just on weather.com, which is horrible because there's all this clickbait on there. So, um, yeah, they do they do mention a lot of the different uh, snow totals, which is which is pretty interesting to see. Yeah, I like too that it mentions the record for a seasonal snowfall was set in Mount Baker in 1998 slash 99, 1,140 inches of snow. Damn. That is beyond crazy. It's almost double what they have right now. It's funny that they're showing like a picture of one of these. Oh, no, it's not. My math is way off. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> they're showing one of these pictures of one of the, uh, you know, where they measure the sticks, where they measure the snow. Yeah. And some of them are probably not tall enough for the amount of snow they've had. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Good stuff. They had some cool pictures. And so I don't, I, I would imagine this is probably going to help a lot with, if not, cure the whole drought thing of california i believe that's what they've been saying is that there's just been so much snow that the drought is pretty much officially over at this point because it was like an urgent before this ski season it was like an urgent problem out there oh it was really bad yeah but it just i mean it just got 
insane amounts of snow. It wasn't even, oh, you know, it was a little bit above average. It was, you know, look at these numbers. I mean, over 200 inches more than the standard. That's going to be the East Coast next year. So I'm calling it now. Calling it now? (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right, next up. So we reported last week about all the different acquisitions that uh, ASC, Aspen Ski Company, and uh, KSL Capital Partners have been, that took place last week with the purchase of IntraWest and Mammoth. And now one of the things, the speculations that, that have come about from that is that will there be a new rival to the Epic Pass? Which people were are assuming. Which one was that? The Mountain Collective? No, no, they're just wondering if they're going to make a new one. Oh, a new one, okay. Now, because they've got this whole portfolio of resorts now. But uh, unfortunately, the answer is still unknown. You know, there is there is the Epic Pass, which is available right now, and it's unlimited access to 15 resorts. Um, and there's also the you know, Mountain Collective, there's the Max Pass. But uh, they're saying that they're still not sure. But it is quite possible that with this new ASC KSL um, increase in resorts, that there there could be a a new multi-resort pass available in it's, the near future. It's crazy. It's almost like the conglomeration of banks, like that happens every like ten years. Mm-hmm. All the banks buy each other. It's like that. Like all of a sudden, there's a land grab now for all these resorts. So I don't think it's going to end. There's going to be more stuff getting bought, probably. Yeah, so it would have to wait till at least 2018, 2019. But that would, you know, if they did create it, it would include Squaw Valley, Alpine Meadows, Aspen Snowmass, Mammoth, June Mountain, Bear Mountain, Snow Summit, Winter Park, Steamboat, Stratton, Snowshoe, Mount Tremblant, and Blue Mountain. Boom. So potentially another very cool pass available. But unfortunately, we will have to wait and see if they are going to put it out. Well, and hopefully, like we've heard already about some of the the places that have been acquired by these bigger companies, um, it's actually helping with some of the ticket prices. Like they're bringing the ticket pricing down, like for season tickets and um, and just regular day lifts. Yeah. So I think it's it's good for skiers. I think and boarders everywhere. It's a very good thing. Yeah. No, it, it definitely brings down the prices based on you know, as long as they're selling plenty of passes, which they seem to do every year. Yeah, I guess it helps them also run the facilities because they they start leveraging, I guess, equipment and purchases and and upkeep. So suppliers, supplier, yeah. yeah. So it kind of helps their streamline the business for them. So mm-hmm. pretty neat. Yep. That's why I don't think it's going to end. <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll just keep rolling on. If I'm a betting man, <laughs> <laughs> and I am. All right, next we got a lawsuit over the proposed Colorado ski area gets a hearing. So it's this is out of Durango. Uh, and they're talking about the Wolf Creek Ski Area. So there is actually a development project that uh, they want to develop outside of Wolf Creek. And the U.S. Forest Service approves the development program uh, project, but the people are fighting it because they're saying it's going to disturb a lot of the wildlife um, and parts of the Rio Grande River. So this has been going on. Brian, we were reading about it, like, what, three decades? Yeah, since the 80s. So it's kind of crazy, but it's still going on. I mean, your buddy Nick is out. He's been out there. He has family in Pagosa Springs, not too far from there. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure this is near and dear to their heart. Yeah, Um, well, this, you know, this billionaire, this Texas billionaire, B.J. McCombs, 
he wants to create this this village and this res, you know uh, near Wolf Creek, and I know you know Wolf Creek recently, you know showed off their expansion plans, and they want to completely avoid having any sort of village or on mountain condos. They're doing that backcountry special pass, right? Yeah, they're trying to focus on making it more of a skiers resort, having you know have the backcountry access there, and you have to have the proper ticket, and you have to have, you know show off you know display the proper gear. So they're trying to focus on making it a real ski area or, you know, a real hardcore ski area and not just be another place that just, you know, dumps luxury condos and shops and crap on the on the mountain. So, yeah, they're very diametrically opposed. So it'll be interesting to see how it it plays out. But it seems like the people of the area don't really want this there. And just this this billionaire just won't give up. And it's just pounding away to get this thing built. Well, I guess if you look at Wolf Creek, they get they get like the most snow in Colorado mm-hmm. every year, and it's great ski air, you know, skiing to be f- had. So I'm sure that's why they're looking at it. it's like a pot of gold that we we need to build this there, and it'll, it'll instantly make money and you know support people going out there to you know yeah use the accommodations. Yeah, even though it seems like most of the people don't really want it down there. I don't know. The one thing in the article that kind of said it's going to destroy a critical habitat for the endangered lynx. I didn't know the lynx was endangered, and I love the lynx. Hmm. Lynx and bobcats. I don't know what it is. I love them. They are adorable until they're biting your face. Until they're chasing you down a mountain. That's what I want to see. You go skiing, like, lynx area. Yeah, I'm not worried about a bobcat or a lynx. They're pretty. Like, they could have, like, an area where, okay, you might get chased. There's a good chance you're going to get chased by a lynx if you go down this run. Good chance you're going to get chased by a moose down this. Like, that would be kind of cool. Like, add, like, the wildlife to, like, your experience of skiing or More boarding. extreme, yeah. It's almost like you're uh, you're going through one of those um, wildlife sanctuaries in Africa. Exactly. But while skiing. Yeah, and you may get eaten or trampled. Right. You know, don't fall because you might be. <laughs> Until the, they'll have to figure out a way to clone the woolly mammoth and get that in there. Boom. Then... And then we're talking. See, then you're talking about, you That's know. That's like T-Rex, pretty much. You don't have a, a double diamond. Now you're talking a triple diamond. There's a factor of, like, wildlife, that, you know, eating you on. Angry wildlife. Angry wildlife. That's the, that's the other diamond. Hungry wildlife. That's, yeah. Yeah. Might be three or four. If it's a man-eating, then that's a four diamond. If it's just going to mess you up, that's three diamonds. I like that. New system. New system. It could happen. Or do you have hoof prints? I don't know. There's got to be something. <laughs> This is a two diamonds and a uh, a saber tooth. I don't know what that means. Now it's turning into like blackjack. <laughs> Blackjack's right. You got freaking or poker. You got like three the aces. Jack. <laughs> it's like a full house. You got like you know three diamonds and three diamonds two and moose a... claws. <laughs> you got two moose prints, man. You you gonna you got two pair. You, you gotta, gotta watch out. Watch out. <laughs> you better not fall. You better watch out. All right. Next story up. Uh, this is a for one of our, our for our local ski hill. There's a new projected plans, Bear Mountain revitalization project planned for Killington. Nice, Bear. So Bear Mountain is one of the peaks at Killington, and it's kind of an older, dumpier base lodge area. But this is at the lodge at the base of Outer Limits. Correct. Famous run. So yes. There are plans now to revitalize the base lodge and to add housing as well as a new South Ridge lift and trail improvements. This is a two-year development plan and it's estimated to cost 60 to $70 million. 
with a resulting value of 110 million once construction is complete. Hmm. Phase one is Bear, of the Bear Mountain revitalization plan is called Base Camp at Bear Mountain and is expected to begin summer of 2018 with the construction of six or seven multifamily buildings estimated to cost $45 million, plus a major remodeling of the Bear Mountain Base Lodge, keeping the original footprint, installing a fixed grip quad chairlift on Killington South Ridge, and on-mountain improvements for skier flow, including bridge and tunnel work. So that lift is going to be the one over Devil's Fiddle, right? No, it's actually up by the jug. Oh. There used to be, I think there is a lift that already exists there, at least the uh, the, the, the towers. Post? Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, they, they took it, I don't know when they pulled it down, but it was probably at least five or ten years ago. But I guess they're going to rebuild that back up. Wow. It's kind of a weird, I mean, it really doesn't service too many different trails, so I don't really know why they're doing it, but... Maybe to move more people up the mountain, maybe? I, I don't really know. It's weird. I don't really know why they're doing it, but... Definitely need to revitalize the uh, the lodge there. Yeah, it's uh, kind of hurting. Because that's a big traffic area. You got the two lifts there, and it's you get a lot of people that hang out all day there. I mean... it was It's really neat of it. I mean, they have the, that kind of bar on the side there, which is okay. Yeah. And they have the, the burger, Bear Mountain Burger, which is okay, but it's just not really... They're going to make another old, peak dumpy. lodge, and they're going to make it all crowded. And That's what they should do. <laughs> that's what they should do. Well, let's go to Jerk. That's, yeah, that's right. Right? The Jerk. Yeah. I love you Jamaican friends on the mountain there. Hi, <laughs> Riemann. The Jerk is great. Yeah. All right. Um, and then one more story, right? Yeah. So uh, Raymond James Financial, uh, they're going to pay $150 million to settle a ski resort lawsuit alleging fraud. So there's a lot of complicated stuff the way this works out. What I got out of reading this a few times was that um, so Raymond James Financial is going to pay $150 million to settle the allegations that enabled the scheme to defraud immigrant investors uh, through the Vermont ski area that we know as Jay Peak. So when that whole thing with Jay Peak hit the fan, uh, I guess this is the result of like, you know, once they start peeling, peeling away all the stuff that's involved, they get down to uh, Ariel Quiros, who was the person that was, was charged uh, with these charges uh, by the SEC for allegedly misusing about $200 million in funds raised from immigrant investors. What happened was, um, I guess his son-in-law at the time was a branch manager at Raymond James, and they were running all the money through Raymond James accounts. So they were basically using it to to fund their scheme through Raymond James, which that's why the company now has to pay all this money because it was happening under their accounts, under their firm. So... That's what I got out of it. Gee, so that, would that be like money laundering, or is that just fraud? Or well, they got him for a Ponzi scheme, and I guess this goes along with giving them the ability to run the scheme through a financial thing. So I guess it's kind of money laundering, but it's not really because they weren't cleaning money; they were just mm-hmm. running it through accounts. So they're using the accounts improperly, um, but it wasn't like they were taking dirty money and making it clean. So they weren't laundering, but it was very close, I guess. Yeah, say. right. It's kind of uh, 
kind of, let's just say very it's very shady. bad. Yeah. yeah. And they say it's actually um, potentially going to affect Raymond James' uh, quarterly earnings because they spent, they said, about $50 million in legal fees up to this point. And uh, they're going to pay out another $150 million for the penalty just to, to kill this from going on any longer. Oof. Which is pretty crazy. Bad so. news. And that other dude, Ariel Queros, is, I think, still up on charges. So, And Jay Peak is, like, being run by another custodian for now. It's this whole weird, crazy thing. But we keep coming back to Jay Peak. Yeah, right. The article, the uh, issue that keeps giving. Yeah, they'll be up until 5-7, and hopefully they'll keep being open over the next few years despite all these negative money laundering <laughs> or Ponzi scheme. Just don't take the tram. <laughs> don't take the tram. It's not worth it. Even the people that went the week after we went said the same thing, like, oh, I don't take the tram. It's running slow. No, it's stupid. Because they had to cut it down. There's a whole weight limit. Yeah, the whole. Yeah. yeah. So, JP, get yourself right so we can keep skiing up there because right. it's a very awesome mountain. A lot of snow, a lot of good trees. Yeah. And Hill Farmstead for Apre. Boom. Boom. All right, let's move on to the main topic. Ah, yes. So our main topic this uh, week, we're calling this uh, show hunting season. Mm-hmm. Uh, also commonly known as beer hunting season. Yes, we're hunting bear. So, uh, so what do you got, Brian? This is really we're we're focusing. So um, this week we had an idea. Brian took a nice trip with his uh, lovely bride uh, up to the magical world of Vermont. Mm-hmm. And uh, did a lot of uh, good research and a good uh, good weekend of, of finding beers. So good, rare to find, well known beers. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So instead of driving up and and focusing on skiing this weekend, we decided to focus on getting beers. You flip the script. Flip the script. Talking turbid a bit. Yeah. It was, so it was, it was nice. <laughs> nice warm weather. So we took a drive up. Uh, we started at our base camp at Killington, and we drove up to uh, to the lovely Stowe Waterbury area, which is about an hour and a half north of Killington. And we hit up, which is why we were drinking this delicious focal banger right now, we hit up Alchemist in Stowe. Ah, oh, the new Alchemist brewery that they built, right? They opened it last June, and this is my first time up there. And it was a very, very pleasant experience. You know, we've heard stories and tales from lots of other people saying, oh, man, the parking lot opens at 10, the brewery opens at 11, you got to be there before 10 so you can be ready to get in when the parking lot opens. And, you know, we kind of threw caution to the wind and said, you know what, we'll just get there when it opens and not go too crazy. And what day did you get there? This was Friday, so good Friday. Again, Another variable, like, is it because of holiday? Like, is it going to be extra crowded? Is it because it was just Friday? Yeah. Um, or so Good Friday? Or we knows? really, we really had no idea. So, again, we were gunning for get, to get there around eleven. We got there a little bit after, maybe like ten after eleven, and you know, we we pulled to the parking lot, and I had flashbacks reminiscent of our trip to the Hunger Mountain Co-op <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> where I use the analogy of it looked like Katrina, like people just running out of the Looting. store with cases of beer. Um, oh, God damn that day. But, yeah, we pulled up. I see these people running out to their cars with their cases of beer, and I'm like, oh, God, is this going to be another one of these <laughs> Katrina. stupid situations again? 
But no, we, we walked right in, saw the line. There was one person in front of us. Nice. We were able to get up, you know, get to the front and get our entire allotment, whatever. Because they have, you know, restrictions of, I think it was like, you can get six four-packs of Focal Banger, four four-packs of Hetty. So it's a case per of Focal, right? Six fours are yeah. okay. Yeah. Wow. And then two of the other kinds they had. <laughs> and, I, you know, the Hetty and the Focal are, you know, pretty much their, their standards now. And then they always just brew, you know, they different batches of different beers depending on the, probably the ingredients they have, what they <coughs> want to make. So the two that we picked up uh, that were available that day, one of them was Beelzebub. Um, Beel. There's a little B on the can too, right? There is a B. Is it made with honey? A. It's like a honey browner or something like that? No, um, it is a porter. Ooh. And it is... It was quite good. They had that on, on draft to taste, which was nice. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's different. It's an imperial, or I'm sorry, it's an imperial stout, so it's not a porter. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's, again, it's not like their regular IPAs. It's, you know, it's a stout, so it was a little bit different. But really tasty, um, you know, malty, a little bit of hoppiness to it, hmm. cocoa, um, it was really, really good. So they that was one of the ones they had available to sample as well. They had that, Focal, and Hetty. And then they had another beer that was available that we picked up a, uh, a four-pack of called Farmer's Daughter, hmm. which is a Saison, but it is a... Uh, what, is, what is exactly? Is it a um, Farmhouse Ale Saison... Um, Belgian, a Belgian style Saison brewed with 100% Pilsner malt, 100% Czechoslovakian hops, fermented with the same strain of Bastogine yeast used in Sturkwit, which is the other beer they made a few weeks back, hmm. um, based on the original recipe used in the Alchemist Brew Pub, inspired by Saison Dupont and Pilsner Requel. Wow. So this one I tried when I came home. And what'd you think? I gotta tell you, I'm not a big Saison fan. No. But it was quite good. And usually I always thought Saisons were a little lighter, but this one comes in at seven percent. So, you know, it's how's the flavor though? Was it light and kinda It was light. Um one thing I noticed though, it I felt like it it I got some sort of like heartburn from it. Hmm. I don't know if it was the beer or something I ate in addition to it, but it felt very like heartburny, and I know that after I drank it, I mean, I had half a can on Sunday night when we got back, and I fell asleep within like ten minutes of drinking it. And then the next night, I drank the other the other half of the can, and same thing, just like fell asleep like ten is, minutes after drinking it. Is so, that the Bill Cosby style saison? Perhaps it is. <laughs> perhaps by farmer's this daughter, one, he means doctor's daughter, doctor. Dr. Huxtable's daughter or something. This one has something to make you fall asleep with your mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like that. <laughs> so that was our Alchemist trip. And, you know, the grounds there are really cool. So how does it compare? You went to the Alchemist Brewery before it got shut down after the big hurricane. That was, um, where was that? That was different. That was in part. Waterbury. Yeah. In Waterbury. Right by Ben and Jerry's. How's it compare? Is it similar oh, layout to- or totally no, different? That, that place was tiny. Oh, yeah. Like teeny tiny. 
and this this place was you know it wasn't it was pretty good size the area where you could go into was i mean you, know, you walk in and they have on the right side you know where the lineup the where you queue up to get your beers left side is all well uh, we get the samples and where they have you know merchandise so shirts t-shirts you know hats whatever and they have a little area we can sit and they you, know, you can see all the uh the brewing equipment there so this is cool. way bigger than that place and they don't do growler fills there right they do not no it's all cans just get in your cans get your cans and get the hell out pretty much <laughs> so after that we uh we had to make a pit stop at the lovely shaw's in waterbury because we bought so much beer and only had one cooler we needed to get another cooler Ooh, that's a tough uh so and i needed a big cooler anyway i didn't have one so bought a giant cooler bunch of ice to keep the beers cold super important Nice. So right after that, we went in Waterbury to Prohibition Pig. Pro Pig. First stop there. Hadn't been there before. Have only heard amazing things. We've been to the place across the street and seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Pro Pig definitely lived up to the hype. And while I was there, um, I mean, again, the beers they had on draft there were, were ridiculous. Yeah, that draft was, list is always pretty impressive. They had at least four Hill Farmstead beers on draft. Right now, the listing Susan, Edward, Harlan, and Abner, which are four of the best Hill Farmsteads. By far, yeah. Those are the top four. That's and like Abner is my favorite. Yeah. And I was so psyched to see it on the menu. They had Sip of Sunshine on draft as well. And uh, I went and I looked at the the Pro Pig draft, you know, drafts that they had there. And I asked the bartender, I'm like, hey, so I'm like, I love Hill Farmstead Abner. Um, I'm looking at this Bantam double IPA that you guys have. And she's like, ours is probably a little bit better. Oh, and <laughs> the balls on very, that lady. Very bald. Very bold, this gal. Love a girl with a fresh ass mouth. <laughs> and that she did have. <laughs> so I decided to go for the Bantam and it definitely lived up to the hype. I mean, it was so good. Wow. I had a picture. I, don't, I think I, I may have posted it. I'm not sure. Maybe I didn't. You know, it comes out of tulip glass and it was just so... You're like, Thick. Ange, look at her mouth on this fucking broad. Yeah. <laughs> she <got a> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean... Oh, bigger than Hill Farmstead. <laughs> it almost looked like a glass of orange juice. It was so just thick and hazy. Wow. And it... Unfiltered? It totally unfiltered. A lot of them are yeah. unfiltered now. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. A lot of purists don't like that, but they can all go kiss my ass because it's delicious. Well, there was a, a, a write-up on that, and they, they were saying how you don't have to do as much work to... You know, for the unfiltered, it's just easier for you to brew, so you can get a better tasting brew easier without having to go through the whole filtration and everything. So why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, they just said it's easier for people that don't have the equipment or don't want to spend the effort. That's okay. Just whatever. It's delicious. It's more it's natural. It's a good thing, yeah. So this thing was just really, like, just super citrusy and thick, and oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was really good. It was very close to, to Abner. Now, I, I do see along alongside of the Hill Farmsteads and, like, 10 pro pigs, they do have Schlitz on draft. Oh, of Just course. so you know. They're in, keeping it real. Just in case. You're trying to cleanse your palate, you know, between amazing beers. You have a Schlitz. You wash <laughs> your glass out with the Schlitz. Yeah, you can do that, too. <laughs> That's always an option. It's pretty wild. They got all these, like, amazing beer and then Schlitz. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I mean, rookies root beer. Okay, you got kids in the house. Whatever. I, I don't know. But I like how they have that and not PBR. Yes. That's, that's like their ultra ironic hipster beer. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Shamil to the Shamazel. 
<laughs> Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated. That's right. If you're too young to understand what that means, Google it. Yeah, Google it. Food was there. We had food at uh, Pro Pig also. How's the food world. there? Burger. Oh, burgers are so good. We had a burger there. Uh, Andrew had some sort of like, uh, it wasn't like pulled pork. It was like chopped pork. I mean, they, they do their own barbecue sauces there. Out I love their little, the little logo. It's like the pig with the, with the separation of all the cuts. Yeah. So food is, I mean, you know, it's all farm to table. It's all local. And it's Did it's you dynamite. have pork cracklins? Those look good. No, we didn't have the cracklins. Someone had the, I think it, I'm not sure if it was truffle fries or something. Duck fat fries. Duck fat fries. That's what it was next to us. And I, we ordered, and I'm like, eh, we don't need any sides. And I saw them get their duck fat fries right after that. And I was like, God damn it, we should have got those. I love duck fat fries because we had them in Atlantic City at that one place. The uh, In Revel that no longer exists. Oh, damn it. Village Whiskey. Village Whiskey. But why you got to mention Revel? I'm heartbroken every time. Just you gotta embrace it. But you're gonna have uh, Hard Rock Cafe is moving in to the Taj Mahal. So oh, there we go. So we're back. So they're gonna save Atlantic City doing that. They're gonna save Chris Christie saves the day. (laughs) He's a true hero. So um, duck fat fries. I've had them a few times. I love them, but they just kill my stomach. They just run through me. Like it's like a wrecking (laughs) ball. (laughs) It's like a wrecking ball, man. Yeah, it's rough. They'll do that. Pro pig. Pro-pick. Dynamite. I mean, highly, highly looking recommended. at their menu. I can't yeah. look at their menu. And as Mario mentioned before, there is the craft beer cellars right across the street. Rolled into there right after. So it was probably, by this time, maybe 2 o'clock-ish in the afternoon. So now, not really early. Now, they usually get sip on Thursdays, right? I don't know what days they get it. Okay. You might be right. But we rolled in there. Again, 2 o'clock on a Friday. They had sip and heady available Boom. that day. Did you get a whole case? I already had two cases in the car. Were you allowed to get a case? Uh, they allowed you, I think it was two four-packs of sip per person and one of Hetty, one four-pack. Oh, okay. So I already had a case of that, didn't need any more, so I got two sips. Damn. I always get more. Two sips. Um, I got a bottle of Foley Brothers, is it Prospect? I think it's Prospect. Okay. And they had a Founders Fruitwood, which huh. I... I'm not sure if we talked about it, but I remember reading about it a couple of months ago. So founders, they're always doing, you know, cool, funky experiments with their beers. And this was a cherry ale that was aged in bourbon. No, is it aged in bourbon barrels that had also had maple syrup? Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I haven't tried it yet. Huh. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, again, it's not a Vermont beer. Um, I like founders, though. Their stuff is awesome. So all day IPA. That's my steady. That's your steady. That's my peels of uh, of IPAs. That's your PBR. My PBR. <laughs> my Bud Light of IPAs. Yeah, it's mild. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, easy drinking. But yeah, so I hit that up, and then it was off to the lovely capital of Vermont. Actually, no, the capital is Montpelier. No, it's Burlington, <laughs> the biggest city. Capital of Vermont has Mad Taco now. Just saying. That's true. Went to Burlington, and our first stop there. Do you stay over in Burlington? No, we just stayed there for the day, kind of cruised around. We started off uh, just kind of wandering around. I think it's is it Ch- um, Church Street, which is the cobblestone. They have all the little shops. and It's a nice little, little city. Oh, it was a perfect day for it, too. Just a nice day to walk around. We hit up the bring Growler. Hacky, did you bring a hacky sack? I did, of course. <laughs> Play a little ultimate frisbee. I had my hair in, dra- in uh, dreads. You nice. Know? Patchouli on. Patchouli, of course. <laughs> 
Went to Growler Garage, which I know we looked at last time and never really hit it up. Um, it was it's pretty cool. I mean, they have a bar there too. You can just kind of get drinks, and you also you can fill up your growlers too. That's what they're what they're known for. Nice. Had a Citizen Cider for the first time, which everyone's always talked about how good it is, and it was really nice after having like so many beers at that point. It was nice to kind of change it up. Get to Citizen Cider because it's right there in Burlington, isn't it? We didn't go to it, no. I think it, I think they're... It's a tasting room or something they have They there. have something there, yeah. But this one had three different ones nice. available. And I got the one that tasted like blueberries or whatever. And it was good. It was, uh, again, it was different, but it was very good. Nice. And then we wanted to go to Foam, but we didn't get around to it because we were too hungry. <laughs> um, the foam is right on, pretty much right by the lake, on like uh, Champlain right there. But I ended up going to Farmhouse Tap and Grill, which oh, we went place. to last time. Yep. And that place gets packed. Like on a Friday afternoon, it was packed. So we were in the little like basement, um, basement bar down there, and uh, you know finished up the day with a nice, uh, nice sip of sunshine nice. on draft, which was really good. And again, had a burger there. So I, I we, we were kind of sharing the food, so we split that up. And I mean, a salad. I mean, this is one of the best salads I ever had. It had like sautéed carrots and this amazing homemade dressing and the food there's all it's all farm to so table good yeah really really good i like how they list the farms they get their stuff from which is nice yeah yeah and then one other thing that we stopped at that i forgot to mention before when we were on uh, church street the cobblestone they have a distillery up there hmm. and i forget the name of it if it's it's something something local um maybe it's is it smugglers notch distillery maybe that might be it they uh they had a, a tasting room there and so we tried a bunch of their mad river distillers maybe it's mad river distillers yeah that must have been it so they had a they have their their flight you can choose it's like you pay it's on paul street that's what this mm-hmm. is best distilleries in let's see oh there's a few of them i think it might have been Church Street is Vermont Distillers. Maybe it was Vermont Distillers then. 28 Church Street. So there's, there is a Smuggler's Notch Distiller too, and there's a Mad River Distiller. So it must have been Vermont Distillers then was the one I went to. Yes, that was the one. Oh, cool. Just looked it up. And it was nice because you pay $3 and you can choose four of the different uh, liquors, spirits that they make. So I kind of stuck with the the whiskeys. They had, you know, a rye. They had um, a bourbon, and they had a bourbon that was aged in maple barrels. And then they they actually they did, which a couple of places I've seen do. They have the maple syrup that's been aged in bourbon barrels, which ugh, I mean, if you have some really good pancakes or a nice waffle, that would be out of this world. Nice. Yeah. So all in all. It was a fantastic journey up to Vermont, just getting beers. I skied part of the day on Saturday just to kind of say I did it, but it wasn't anything too uh, too monumental. But again, it was. Uh, it's always awesome being up in Vermont, and uh, even if the snow is melting, there's still uh, some some fun things to do. So, especially Ver- yeah, Vermont is just nice. It's to just drive beautiful, around. yeah. All seasons, all four seasons, it's great up there. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah. You go to Ben and Jerry's? Did not. Ah, uh, I thought you'd. Uh, did you eat watched a lot of ice cream? F- watched my figure. What, ate no ice cream. Damn, All up there, yeah. That's a that's a that's a statement right there. Bathing suit season's around the corner, <laughs> so you know you got to watch out. 
You don't want to wear the one piece. You want to wear the, the bikini this year, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's the plan. So we'll have a list of uh, the links to so you guys can check out these places if you want to as well on skibumpodcast.com. All right, it's time to go under the ropes. So first off this week, now this story broke this morning. Uh, It's Aaron Hernandez, days after his acquittal, was found hanged in his cell. Convicted, Convicted killer and former New England Patriots star Aaron Hernandez was found hanged inside his cell at the state's maximum security prison in Shirley early Wednesday, dead of an apparent suicide five days after he was acquitted of two additional murders. So I was at the gym this morning and I saw this as like breaking news. And I was, you know, I was kind of taken aback. I was surprised because, you know, he did just get acquitted. So you'd think he would be in <laughs> better spirits. and yeah, But he's in for life without parole anyway. Really wouldn't matter either way. Wouldn't matter, yeah. And, uh, you know, you always wonder if there was something, you know, well, shady having t- going on. or Somebody they, covering some stuff up. Yeah. Well, what they say? He, he jammed something in the front of his cell so guards couldn't get in. Like, oh, there really? was something that they, they mentioned in the story. Huh. And it was also today was the day that Patriots were going to the White House to be, you know, to get their congratulations from the president. So it was a lot of weird things happening. Um, and at first, you know, like I said, I, was, I saw it and I was like, oh, good. I'm like, you know, fuck that guy. He's an asshole. And then I remember reading a story about him and it talked about how, you know, he was like a good kid until he was 16 and his dad died. And then he just kind of like went off the rails. Turned like, into a piece of crap just thug. A thug like re- resisting authority i think he moved in with his uncle who was like a piece of shit and kind of got all these gangs and stuff like that it was crazy yeah all these you know all these people taking advantage of him they saw you know they saw a paycheck they saw this kid going you know he's a great football player in high school he's gonna go to a big college he's he went to the go, u uh florida 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 yeah. still florida still florida yeah it's one of them he, he killed some guy apparently allegedly down in florida well he got what did he get he got busted for two murders already and then was acquitted of these two murders but he probably did have some involvement like there was enough to bring him to trial and then there's some other like potentials that they were trying to link him to like mm-hmm. almost like to the scale of like a serial killer yeah pretty it, crazy see in florida he uh he was 17 and he was you know down there he Decided not to pay his his tab, and he punched a restaurant employee, um, bursting the guy's eardrum. Five months later, somebody shot up a car full of guys outside a nightclub in Gainesville. Police believed Hernandez was the shooter, but he got lawyered up and was never charged. You know, like, there were so many things that he did that it was, oh, let's just sweep under the rug, just boys being boys, like, all this dumb stuff. And then it just kept getting worse and worse and bigger and uh, eventually just led to his complete downfall. Well, eventually you're that much of a thug and then you get put on the New England Patriots. Just saying. Obviously, you have a a different perspective considering you're a, a Jets fan. Exactly. I know as a Jet fan, I know it's because of the Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's his whole life is just a, a sad story, you know. Just a. Do you think him and Tom Brady together in the same room? Tom Brady's a little uncomfortable. Oh no doubt. <laughs> it's like I don't know who the fuck that guy is, but keep him away from me. Yeah, probably. I would not be surprised. He's a good receiver. 
Yeah, he was a good player. Very talented dude. And just, yeah. Yeah, but he had a whole history following him. By the time he got to the NFL, he had stuff following him. He was still mm-hmm. living like a thug. He had his wife and a, a, a beautiful place. And mm-hmm. then he had um, like an apartment, which was like a thug like apartment. Thug den? Which his buddies hung out with. It was like a, it was like a gangster hideout. It was weird. Yeah, it's you know, I guess he, he had everything and then he just it wasn't, you know, what he what he wanted. You know, he wanted to live that Scarface lifestyle, you know. People want to be Tony Soprano, they want to be Tony Montana, you know. But how did those shows and movies all end with them dead? Yeah, dead. Spoiler alert. That guy dead. Every gangster one, movie dead. The every, gangster you love is always dead. That's right. That's just how they all end. You want to be the boss, you got to beat the boss. That's what I'm saying. Yep. There's no easy transition of power. Somebody dies. That's that. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see what they find in this investigation. If there is any sort of foul play involved, or well, now that he's dead, they could just pin a lot of shit on him now too. That's true too. That's, we nice want to close scapegoat. these cases. Boom! There you go. So maybe Tom Brady actually killed all these people. Oh, Hernandez covering for Tom Brady. To I like be it. the fall guy. Robert Kraft. Boom. I'm throwing it out there. I'm saying, uh, go to the owner. Go to the owner. Follow the money. Follow the money. Right? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. Who at the country club just, you know. These are all allegations. Got whacked. And we're completely stupid, and we do not stand <laughs> behind any of them, just so you know. I'm standing behind every single one of them as a Jeff fan. That is Mario. Brian stands behind nothing. <laughs> he's a coward. He's okay with that. Oh, that's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know. And then you And then you get into these... My, I went to the dentist today, and he started like, yeah, that guy, he hung himself. Well, at least we don't have to support him in prison and all. And it's just like, I'm like, I don't even want to talk about any of this with anybody. Like, I know. It's just such hot topics. But I just do know from a psychology point of view, they study these fuckers like to see what what made him break. You know what I mean? They said he wasn't suicidal. There wasn't really, you know, anything that would make them feel like he was in that, you know, on suicide watch or anything. He was just kind of like, eh. You just never know what's with somebody like, I don't know, crazy. You never know a particular song plays and that's what sets him off. Let's just say that dude had a little bit of crazy in him. He had more than a little bit, that's for sure. Yeah. So you, him not acting like a rational person, I could see Mm -hmm. is right in his wheelhouse. Yeah. So, uh, all right, moving along to um, American Gods. So, uh, stars. Now, this is I came across this recently because American Gods is a book by Neil Gaiman. Uh, great book. One of my buddies I work with uh, turned me on to it, and I like his writing. Um, and it's a really interesting book. It's about uh, just the 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 basic premise is um, gods. The idea is that gods only. Ex- exist or have power because people worship them. Mm-hmm. So you have old gods and new gods in like a modern setting, and it's just really interesting how everybody interacts with each other. It's, it's pretty neat. Um, so the series looks like it's going to be, you know, it might sound weird, but like watch the series or read the book, um, and then you'll get like, okay, I could see where the series is going to be potentially really big. Um, this is the same guy that told me, oh, Game of Thrones, great book, whatever. And I was <laughs> like, whatever, I'm going to wait for it to be on HBO. And now I'm like, I went back and read the book. So, or all the books. They were awesome. So Just it was, long. Yeah. This one is not that long. It's just one book. Um, but you could tell, like, there's a lot, you know, at the end of the book, you're like, wow, you can make a lot more books out of this. And, of course, now they're going to do a series. So they can just go a lot of different places with it. So, 
That's pretty cool. Looks pretty cool. They got the guy that played uh, Swearingen from... Uh, Deadwood? From Deadwood. What's oh, nice. Yeah. Ian McShane? Ian McShane. He's mm, in it. He's a badass. He's actually... Uh, I'm not going to say who he is, but he's one of the main guys. Oh, cool. Go figure it out. I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So nice. Look out for it. I'm gonna be watching it. We'll see see how it plays out. I think it's starting like in two weeks or next week or something. We wouldn't steer you wrong. And also Ooh. starting up this weekend is my favorite, Silicon Valley. Boom. Oh, I love that show. Now I get to watch Veep and Silicon Valley in the same night. Nice. If only Game of Thrones were there like it's supposed to be. Damn it. That was the proper, you know, trifecta right there. It was Game of Thrones into Silicon Valley into Veep. They should have the 8 o'clock spot where Game of Thrones used to be just blank for one hour. Yeah. (laughs) In honor of where Game of Thrones should be. I know. A couple more months, but it'll be back on. They'd probably get people watching, though. Probably. (laughs) If they showed reruns on that hour, people would watch it. Game of Thrones enough. Just so last season. Mm -hmm. Just show it now. They'd be like... All right, you want to wait? We'll show last season. We'll still get people to watch. Yep. All right, next story. So a food delivery robot they are starting to roll out in San Francisco. Wow. Yelp Eat24 is now using robots to deliver food orders in two San Francisco neighborhoods. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So this started last week, and they're, you know, pretty good size wheeled robots they're Almost about looks like a zamboni feet tall you know what that's a good that's a little zamboni that's a good description yeah it's like a little bit taller maybe but it's yeah it looks like a little zamboni and it uses lidar um which is uh you know light detection and ranging technology the same stuff that's used in self-driving cars to help navigate sidewalks nice and it rolls along at a leisurely plate you know pace about three to four miles an hour yeah, bumdar to like go around the bums yeah, it just rolls over them. Just rolls over. I mean, if you're going to lay on the floor like that, you're going to Pushes them off, over. pushes them out of the way. Yeah, so they're starting with meal delivery, and they're eventually looking to do other things like grocery and pharmacy deliveries as well. Pharmacy would be huge. Think about like all the deliveries they do because you know elderly people or sick people can't get out. You know? Need some lube, you know? That's right. Lube Express. I'm not, I'm not going to get the lube. I'll have the lube delivered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't go the same way that the Hitchbot went. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Hitchbot. As long as it's not in fucking Philly, we're okay. Yeah. God damn it. When the robot arrives, uh, so the the hot bags are placed in the cargo bay, and you receive a text message with a code to unlock the food when it arrives. Oh, nice. So someone can't just, like, jack your food. They're, like, trying the codes <laughs> over and over. Yeah. As it's going. They're just trying codes. Yeah. Sorry, you will not be getting your Indian food. Oh, so it must heat it, keep it nice and warm. Yeah, it's got like a warm cargo bay. I like that. Hot side hot, cold side cold. Yeah, McDLT. <laughs> and they they can work about six to eight hours. Do they have a union? They can only work that long. Oh, uh, now we're talking into some AI stuff. We don't know. That's right. They have a robot union. It's possible. I guess that's the charge. Yeah. So during the initial phase, a handful of robots will be completing dinner time deliveries in San Francisco over short distances of one to one and a half miles. They're going to have human handlers to accompany the robots and take control if needed. You know why they're going to have human handlers? Who are you going to tip? That robot shows up, nobody's tipping it. Now a handler shows up, you give him a guy a tip. But Hitchbot, people would tip him because the little smiley face. Like, Except he's like if you're in Philly. Yeah. Sons of bitches. Yeah. They would have robbed Hitchbot. 
I looked it up. They ran another Hitchbot afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I was showing Brian, like, they have all these pictures of, like, they, they did, like, 22 of them in Canada. And, of course, it's Canada, so everybody's nice and happy. <laughs> and they're showing these Hitchbots on, like, playground swings, and people are p- taking all these pictures. And then they show, like, the Hitchbot that got decimated in Philly. It's like, oh, don't send it back to Philly. Yeah, you can't. Just a bunch of savages down there. If this was delivering cheesesteaks in Philly, it would be killed in like like a day. Oh, easily. But that's pretty cool. Just pretty- got provolone. I got whiz. I wanted the whiz. <laughs> what the whiz? You stupid whiz. The whiz. You stupid box. Stupid box. Got there kicking it as it's walking. Damn it. I don't know why there's so much rage in that town. I don't know. It's very strange. I want to see what happens with the draft. Because <laughs> the draft is in Philly. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. A lot of batteries flying around. <laughs> Goodell's going to get hit like, with a cheesesteak, a battery. They'll do it down there. Oh, yeah. They will do it. We got to see what happens. Oh, boy. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Uh, next we got... <clears throat> so we like frequency, frequenting the Rob Report, which if anybody doesn't know, it's like a great source of everything that's cool, unique, and baller AF. <laughs> As a kid, I remember like grabbing like you know friends parents like rob report magazine and it was like all these like sweet cars like you know <laughs> lamborghini countaches and ferrari f40s like all things like you aspired to when you were like 11 and uh you could actually buy the stuff in there and they had all kind of cool articles and now they've you know they've evolved over time but it's like a magazine with a lot of reviews on stuff but stuff that you can buy right there it's like it's like a catalog magazine it's pretty cool yeah, it pretty much keeps you in, in the know about what kind of uh, dope stuff is out there in the world. All the trending stuff. So they have this service. It's called the um, Vices Membership. So what they do is they send you some vices from Rob Report every month, and um, we've signed up for that. So we're going to start getting these little goodies. Uh, comes with a little book. It describes, like, explains all the stuff that's in there. Uh, so we're going to check it out and let you know. Uh, we'll so it's probably... almost like one of those, um, like, uh, what's the one, like the comic book one that they always have? Like a lot of podcasts have it as a sponsor. Oh, really? It's um, loot, like Loot Crate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. Or um, the clothing ones like Trunk Club. Jelly of the Month. like that? Jelly of the Month. Jelly of the Month Club. Except this is Boiler Jelly of the Month. Yeah. So we'll see. It looks like uh, they have some of the past boxes. You can look at them and it's... Uh, yeah, it's neat. They got, like, alcohol in there, like, you know. So it's kind of cool. It's made for adults, baller-ass adults like us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just wanted it to mention It was made that. with us in mind. Exactly. This looks high flute and ski bum. We should have a branded box, like a sponsored box. That's what That would be nice. Boom. With all après ski stuff, ski stuff, little snacks, ski snacks. That would actually be kind of a cool product. You know, like, every month we send out... Like, we are the curators of the box. Exactly. And we send, yeah, like little, like, uh, highfalutin care packages. Highfalutin packages. I like yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Uh, and following along with that, so Rob Report also had, this is what it's like to cruise on the world's largest super yacht and most boiler super yacht, I just got to say. <clears throat> so, uh, enter the quint- quintessentially one is the name of the Yacht, 720 feet, um, ultra luxury, invite only. Um, it's basically, it, what they're planning to do is is send this out to high profile events, uh, have it be in, invite only. 
They're going to have rooftop lounges, uh, clubs on there. They're going to have, you can stay. Uh, if you do stay, it's like a hotel. Uh, rooms would start at about $2,500 a night. Um, all luxury. Uh, it looks like all they have right now are the, um, you know, artist rendition, renditions of it while it's being built. Uh, but it's it's supposedly going to be uh, some baller-ass thing. It's going to have 12 residential suites and 112 lower berth rooms in a boutique hotel. So that would be kind of pretty nice. Uh, they're saying it's going to cost, or it did cost, about $264 million to construct. Um. About one-fifth of that was provided by five millionaire friends who each have their own suites aboard the vessel. So they're going to cruise around all the time. Permanent ballers. I need more millionaire friends. That's right. So now this is going to be run by Quintessentially, which is a luxury concierge service that costs about $18,000 per year to be a member. Now this seems more like a floating hotel than it is like a private yacht. Yes, because it's not going to okay. be like so. The those five people or four people that that put the money in to mm-hmm. fund it, they're going to have a permanent place on there, right? I don't know if they're going to be able to be on there all the time because it's going to kind of move around and it's going to be at like baller ass events. So they'll probably have a spot wherever it is, but I don't know if it's uh like they have a permanent spot whenever it goes to an event or something. <laughs> the yacht will dock where the ultra wealthy tend to congregate. <laughs> Like the Cannes Film Festival, Monaco Grand Prix, and Rio's Carnival. It's like, let's observe them in their natural habitat. We notice they always congregate in the Cannes Film Festival. And Atlantic City. (laughs) That's right. Double down. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. And then you look at the quintessentially services, and um, it seems very cryptic, very hidden, and very luxurious for a reason. Yeah. it's basically, basically it says they cater to every need, blah, 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 and they don't give you a lot of information. If you want information, you got to reach out to them, and they'll reach it back out to you. Yeah, if you need to ask how much it costs, you can't afford it. That's right. I'm sure within five minutes of like, I'm sorry, sir, I, I, will, I, I could direct you to, mm. maybe you prefer to dine at the Chuck E. Cheese instead. Maybe a Carnival Cruise Line is more your speed. Yeah, they actually might do that. Yeah. So... Crazy, but they actually get you, like, if you're part of this quintessentially concierge service, they get you, like, prestigious sporting event finals, front row theater tickets, sold-out concerts. Like, so there's, they got a lot of baller-ass hooks in. Mm -hmm. And if you say you want to sign up, you actually check off, like, what you're interested in, and they'll actually build, like, stuff that you're interested in, I guess, once you talk to them, based on your... This is quintessentially? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, these pe- it's almost like having a, a personal assistant. Yes. Is really what it does. More so a team of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Like it's crazy. They'll take care of your travel arrangements, restaurant renovations, VIP access, day-to-day tasks, relocation services, home management. I mean, so we could request more information or request a callback. Yeah. You don't call us, we'll call you. Don't worry about it. Oh, they have equestrian services too. Thank God. You got to get your horse somewhere. Resolving all your equestrian needs. And boy, <laughs> do I have some equestrian needs. So our buddy, 
um, Gary used to work at Morristown Airport. He said there was a person with their private jet that used to bring their horses when they used to go out west. Get the fuck out of here. They used to put the horses on, and they'd have to fly them out. They were like jumping horses. They wanted them around all the time. So they'd bring them out because they would go out for like two or three months, and they wanted their horses around. I'm like, that's baller as fuck, man. You got your own plane, and your own plane fits the horses. Is it like when you see on the highway, like one of those uh, the pickup trucks pulling a horse trailer? Yeah. It's right? like the horse trailer like attached to the back of the plane, <laughs> just like flying behind. Just floating around <laughs> behind me. Just flying behind. Uh, with a little cable on it. Horse like sticking their head out the window, you know, like just chewing oats. Like, what's going on? <laughs> it's crazy. Now that's what I'm picturing, and it's glorious. <laughs> well, there was, uh, we saw another story of an airport that or an airline that has vet services so if you have a horse and you're flying with your horse or your dog or or any pet you could bring it to the vet services at the airport uh before you get on your flight just a little checkup little tune-up before the flight little checkup or whatever yeah yeah. ah to have that much money that would be a beautiful thing it's crazy all right so i guess that about wraps it up for the week Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Please go to your favorite podcast app and rate us five stars. Subscribe. That would really help us out a lot. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on social media, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We are on Pinterest as Highfalutin and SoundCloud. You might find us Ski Bum Podcast again. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Stay high, stay falutin'. See you.